The NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. Get started today. You'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. And welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast. We did it. We got through the 2020-2021 NBA season. The Milwaukee Bucks have been crowned champions. And we are here to break it all down and look ahead to a little bit of next season. This is your host, ZB, joined for a concluding episode by Dan Titus. Dan, how are you, bro? Doing great, bro. Great to do this con- this concluding segment podcast with you guys. It's been a great season. I know I joined a little bit late, man, but it was a lot of action, a lot of money being made in the Slack channel, and great performance by the SGPN crew overall, man. So it's been great with you, hosting with you guys. And uh, yeah, man, excited to talk about the rest of the finals as well as some of our best bets of the playoffs and you know some other stuff that we're going to get into. Hell yeah. And also joined by Munaf. Munaf, how are you, brother? Doing well, man. I can't believe uh, it, it's the end of the season, man. It, it, uh, it seems like it always goes by too fast. But just like going off what Dan said, man, it's been a pleasure with you guys all season long. And uh, like Dan alluded to, a lot of lot of cash bets within the Slack channel. And I know for you guys and myself as well. So it was a, it was a pretty great uh, NBA season all around. Yeah, it was a really, really fun NBA season. Uh, for all those in the Slack channel, definitely, like Dan said, you know, ton of bets being thrown around, podcasts three, four, five times a week, Munaf's player prop articles, other articles on the site. So overall, just a huge season for us. I mean, I remember going back when McKee first had the idea to start. It was called the NBA Odds Pod. I still have a T-shirt uh, going back to when it was called the NBA Odds Pod. Going back to even before that, when we, we, there was no NBA show at SGPN. Now we have the NBA Gambling Podcast, totally growing community, big platform. So really fun season for us personally, but we got to talk about this uh, this finals. Overall, just a phenomenal series, and, and the Milwaukee Bucks outlasting the Phoenix Suns, winning four straight um, after going down 2-0. So, Munaf, we'll start with you. I mean, what did you – how did you react to game six? Um, I know there's a ton of angles we can get to, but just kind of off the bat, I mean, what was your reaction last night after when the Milwaukee Bucks raised that trophy? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I guess the the biggest storyline, obviously, is Giannis, right? And the way he played not only last night, but all series long uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks and pretty much was getting whatever he wanted inside the paint. I, you know, obviously the best player in, t- in the entire series. So congrats to him for getting finals MVP to already now what kind of solidifies him as having a great, uh, I, I think, resume uh, for his career at the age of uh, 26. He's already accomplished so much, you know, two-time MVP, regular season MVP, uh, finals MVP championship, multiple uh, all-first NBA first team, 
So, um, you know, as far as the game last night, I, I think it, it, I kind of played out the way I was thinking, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a defensive game or they're just not making shots. Maybe the nerves were there of it being maybe one of the last games of the NBA finals. We saw that through the first six minutes uh, of the game. But uh, I think for me last night, you know, it was a Giannis show. I'm not sure if it, if it was Steph Curry in disguise shooting the free throws instead of Giannis, but 17 of 19, Jesus Christ, who saw that coming from uh, Giannis, but, you know, congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks on winning the championship. Um, You know, like you said, for them, to be down in every single series uh, throughout the playoffs, except for round one against Miami Heat, where they swept them, um, for them not to get rattled and still fight back and and get to where they are at the end of the season now, I think you got to kind of tip your hat to the entire coaching staff and the players of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, and that, that's a great point. I think we're going to get to some takeaways that we have from these playoffs, but the Milwaukee Bucks did a great job all playoffs long of remembering that the road team is supposed to go down 2-0, right? Yeah. Like, like, like you right. just said, you know, they didn't get shook when they went down 2-0 to Phoenix or Brooklyn because in a seven-game series, that's what's supposed to happen. And I think, we, I think one thing we can talk about that we move forward is like as gamblers and as I think the general public, I think there was a lot of overreactions to, to home team winning both at home when they were a significant money line favorite in both those games. But um, we could talk about that. It'll be definitely a great job by the Bucks to stay solid. Dan, how about you? I mean, what do you think this means for Milwaukee? And how did you react last night after that win? I mean, I was on the Suns heavy, and um, I'm just I'm not even disappointed that I lost some money in it because I think ultimately I think this is the best thing for the NBA. Like the a small market team with a player like Giannis who homegrown hasn't left, didn't join a super team, had two legitimate all-stars come to join him in his quest for a championship and honestly I think we witnessed one of the best NBA finals performances ever and he was he scored the most points ever in a in a game clinching game uh beating out Michael Jordan who dropped 45 I mean how many times are we going to go back to remember a guy dropping 50 14 and five blocks in a in a, in a closeout game like just ups, unstoppable man and it's crazy how, you know, if we take it back a couple of weeks, we were even doubting whether Giannis was even going to play in the finals. This dude hy- hyperextended his knee. It looked disgusting. And this dude comes back and drops uh, 35, 13, and 5 over the course of six games on 62% field goal percentage. Like, that's just stupid production. Um, this dude's solidified as a Hall of Famer at this point. First player in NBA history to, be, to win most improved player, MVP, defensive player of the year and finals MVP award. Like that's just crazy uh, accolades there. And honestly, talk about GM of the year. You got to give it to the Bucks, man. Like getting PJ Tucker, a dog midseason, I think was crucial for them because like while you have that big three of Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday and, and Giannis, I think it was those role players that really stepped up. Like we're Dante DiVincenzo didn't even play. And you're looking at Pat Connington stepping up. Bobby Portis has the game of his life on his home court. Like that dude just probably earned a bag for the future. Like there's no way in hell he's ever leaving Milwaukee after that, that final series and just that playoff run. So even that the trade for Drew holiday worked out perfectly. Sure. There was some luck in it, you know, some, some injuries along the way, but, and, and COVID obviously for this season, but overall you got to tip your hat to the Milwaukee bucks, man. And Mike Budenholzer got shitted on all season. And now he's raising the Larry O'Brien trophy along with the rest of them. So I think it's a great story. Awesome game. Awesome playoffs overall. And 
disheartening for the Suns. Like I would have liked to see Chris Paul and them, uh, you know, take it to the take it a championship run themselves. But I'm not mad at Giannis cementing his place in in uh, NBA royalty here. Yeah, and you know, I think we talked about this on the show, on the show on Sunday, Munaf and I, and in the Slack channel as well. I mean, the amount of trials and tribulations that this Bucks team went to to get to this point, you could just see the payoff for. Budenholzer and Giannis, you know, he, he had to sit down and just take it all in for a second because of how much this team has gone through, you know, all the criticism they took for me included for their past playoff failures. Um, and then for Giannis to have this payoff, I mean, we talk about rings culture, like he's basically set for life, you know, he, he'll never be questioned again. Um, and that is, it, it's great for him personally. It also kind of sheds a little bit of a negative light on maybe the way that we are looking at superstars in the modern era. Like you look at all these young superstars coming up. I mean, you look at a Luka Doncic or a Nikola Jokic or a Devin Booker, who is going to continue to face scrutiny in the playoffs until they get that one ring. Um, and now Giannis at age 26 basically can coast off into the hall of fame. And he did it. Um, I, I want to ask you guys a little bit, because I think one of the big narratives coming out of last night was the idea that the bucks did it quote unquote, the hard way. I mean, I, I kind of take issue with that because they kind of tried to do it the hard way. They got beat by the Raptors. They got beat by the Heat. And then they traded four first rounders for Drew Holiday, um, another all-star to bring onto this team. Like, I kind of feel like this was a super team, right? I mean, it wasn't Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. But if you consider Giannis Antetokounmpo a top 10 player and then, you know, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday probably close to that top 20, top 25, I mean, they didn't necessarily do it the hard way, right? Like they kind of went out and mortgaged their future to bring in another star. So, I mean, Munaf, what do you, what do you think of that take? I mean, I, I took a little bit of issue with, I felt like Giannis was kind of subtweeting other super teams, Lakers, Nets, Clippers, to, to be fair, when they went out and acquired an all-star via trade because they couldn't do it without him. I, I, obviously the Drew Holiday trade happened before the James Harden trade. Um, but I, I, I don't consider the Milwaukee Bucks a super team. Um, if we take a look at some of the past teams that have been super teams, you know, with, with Miami, with LeBron, Wade and Bosch, and then you had Curry, um, uh, the Splash Brothers, and then Kevin Durant, and then now the big three in the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I don't think that we can, I don't think we can compare like those three guys to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I mean, no disrespect to Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, but I think this was more, I want to say this was more of a complete team with, with the, I, I think they brought in Drew Holiday more for defense um, and kind of be that point guard to be that facilitator on this team. And we saw it. I mean, he didn't have a great shooting series, but I understand your point, Zach, what you're saying that, you know, they did it the hard way. Um, but then on the flip side, people can say that, it was an easier path for the Milwaukee Bucks because of all the injuries that they dealt with or the opposing team dealt with both Phoenix and Milwaukee, right? And they both, obviously, their teams had injuries too. Milwaukee with Giannis's uh, knee injury and then, you know, the Phoenix Suns with with Chris Paul. But, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it, but I, I just don't think that this was a true super team. I think in today's NBA you need three solid guys to probably go out and win a championship. Um, and Milwaukee do have, did have that, those three solid guys, but it's not up to like the superstar power or the star power, like the Golden State Warriors have in like the Brooklyn Nets have right now. 
Yeah, and obviously Drew Holiday's defense did come into absolute necessity, and, and Devin Booker will be seeing him in his nightmares. Dan, and any response to that idea that, you know, the Bucks may be getting a little bit too much credit for the grit of this uh, playoff run? Yeah, I think I like the way you worded it, to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't know that I would give them – I don't know if it's necessarily the hard way. Like, these guys aren't scrubs here. Drew Holiday was an all-star. I say the difference between a super team and what the Bucks are is that they didn't have perennial all-stars, but they still have all-stars. Brooke Lopez has, is a very solid NBA veteran, plenty, plenty of pedigree. At one point, he was a 20-10 and 10 guy. Uh, Chris Middleton, I think, is just – we're seeing probably – more or less him entering his prime. So I think this is a great time for Chris Milton, but to say like, he's going to be a, an all-star three years from now, I don't know that he will. Um, and you also have like a, this, a ton of role players. And I, I just felt like while they may not be a super team, they were still really good. Like this wasn't like the Hawks or the Knicks here. Like they made several acquisitions and movements to make this team very competitive to make a championship run. And so I, I don't know that I could say that the path was hard. Um, if anything, I think it was actually fairly easy considering the injuries that happened um, and some of the fortunate circumstances that, that kind of fell into their lap to get to the finals. Um, but I would say that, you know, if we're comparing it to like the Nets or even the Sixers, like I, I'd say that the Sixers big three was probably more, has more name notoriety in, in basketball Um basketball success if you will but i don't know now at this point now that they've gotten that ring i mean i, I think that they're a bona fide big three now so they can call it the hard way or the easy way either way that they're 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 legit now yeah very very legit obviously and you know no one can ever take this away from them let's take a quick break here and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the sun side of things Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast presented by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's going to be W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. All right, coming back off the break, I posed this question in the Slack channel last night because my immediate takeaway from last night, and I had a lot of money on the Bucks, and last night was a great night for me personally, but my immediate, and maybe this is the way I see the game after COVID or whatever, but I was I was heartbroken for the Suns walking up the floor last night. And my immediate takeaway was you rarely get a second chance in sports to kind of make up for for you know your past not mistakes but just to, to kind of rewrite your story so how many more times do we think we see Devin Booker in the finals in a Phoenix Suns uniform Dan I think the future is actually quite bright for the Suns because they're going to have a the one thing is they're going to have a tough decision to make this offseason because Macau Bridges and DeAndre Ayton are both due for contract extensions both at the end of their rookie deals and you got to re-sign Chris Paul. He's you got to feel like he's he knows that he's going to have very few the opportunities to go back to the finals are very few and far between. So I think his best chance to win again would probably be staying with the Suns. I mean, best case scenario, where does he go to? Maybe the Heat. Um, I guess there's a in some kind of cap 
I don't know, cap flexibility way. I'm sure that the Lakers or the Clippers might be able to pull something off, but I don't know. I think that they, they showed that they're one of the best teams in the West. I mean, in the regular season, they finished second. So they're one of the best home teams on the home court. I don't, I don't see any reason why this team couldn't go back there. I mean, I'm, I actually think that their path to the championship is, is probably easier in the West than the East. Um, now, Devin Booker's future, I think that they're, I mean, unless he wants to go to a bigger market, which I wouldn't be surprised of once he's at the end of his contract, but he's still got a few years left in, in, in Phoenix. So I think that they're going to continue to ride this wave. They're going to start their young core big three. I don't really see what trade pieces they would really have to acquire new talent um, outside of a sign and trade for like Chris Paul or something, uh, being that he has a player option. But I think that they try to run it back, man. Like, I think that this was a really good squad. Um, they're going to lose some head coaching in Willie green. Apparently he's going to be going to the new Orleans Pelicans, but you know, yeah. if you're looking at their core roster, their depth, it's there. campaign's probably going to get paid, but you can find a backup point guard on the market. Um, I think this is a really good squad. So I don't see any reason why they wouldn't try to at least invest in what they already have, um, and build around that core foundation, which is bridges Booker and, uh, Deandre Ayton. Yeah, and there's no doubt. I mean, I, I didn't mean to say that they should they, they should blow it up or anything anything of the sort. I, and obviously, Monty Williams, phenomenal coach as well, and he had a lot of just super classy moments throughout these playoffs that showed the kind of character that he has. But I yeah. just think you know it's so it's easy to say you know they should they'll they'll be back, but you know they were on the right side of how many little injuries and knickknacks and, and throughout the and you know you come back next year you could be just as good of a team and have that stuff go the other way. It just you know, and we would have been, I would have been saying the exact same thing about Milwaukee had Phoenix won this series. It's just like, you know, and for Chris Paul, especially he's 36 years old. How many more times will he be in the finals? Like this yeah. was obviously his best chance in his career to get a ring. Um, so very tough pill to but, swallow for them, especially but, going up 2-0. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, Go I was going to say real, real quick that, uh, I mean, look at the potential path for the Suns next year. Jamal Murray is going to be coming off an ACL tear. They're not, the Nuggets are not going to be the same squad that they were, you know, full strength last season the potential of Kawhi Leonard missing almost we don't know yep. how much time he's going to miss with that ACL tear that's a huge blow I mean those are two significant teams in the Western Conference that that you know are going to have some issues um, and then you have the Lakers who we don't really know what to expect out of right they don't have any depth whatsoever um, I don't know I think that they actually have a really good shot like once that once free agency and we'll get to our, our futures late conversation later but you know, I'm probably going to be picking the Suns to come out the West next year just because it's probably going to be them or the Jazz. I think that they're probably the deepest wow. teams to to <laughs> actually. Yeah, let's talk about it. We'll get to it later. We'll get to no, it. No, yeah, we're, we're, we are going to talk about the conferences a little bit later, and I think it's interesting what you said, well, what, kind of comparing the West versus the East. But, Munaf, you were blown away by that comment. I mean, how do you kind of react to this run for the Suns, and how do you put that in context of where they're going in the future? Yeah, I think, first of all, obviously, every single year, there's there's casual fans that come out and say that this title shouldn't count because of XYZ that happened, right? Last year, people were talking about the Lakers title shouldn't count because it was in the bubble. This year, with the Phoenix Suns getting to the NBA Finals, um, it could have been another team because their opponents had significant injuries. That's something that we had discussed all series long. Um, and same, You could say the same thing about the, uh, about the Bucks, but... It's just a reality of the situation. That's what it is. We got to understand that injuries are part of the game. In every single sport, there's going to be injuries that happen. It's the cards that you're dealt that you have to play. And the Phoenix Suns took full advantage of that, got to the NBA Finals. Same thing with the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Trey Young got injured. They didn't have um, Kevin. Dur- I'm sorry, James Harden was on one leg, and then Kyrie left, I believe, in Game Two of that of of that series. So it, it's it, it's it's it kind of makes me mad when people say that it should be an asterisk. I mean, somebody's eventually has to win the title, and the Milwaukee Bucks took advantage of the opportunity that they had and they got it done. Now for the Western Conference, I, I agree with you guys that the Eastern Conference is going to be a lot more competitive next year because you're going to get a healthy James Harden. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant back. Obviously, with Kevin Durant, I hope the injuries are past him because when he's on the floor, he is one of the best, if not the best player in the NBA when he's healthy and, and he's getting buckets. We saw that in the series against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. But I think in the Western Conference, you also have to remember that I, I think Dan makes a great point that Jamal Murray and Kawhi Leonard's injuries are going to be a significant, um, a significant time miss for those guys because they are ACL injuries more for Jamal Murray than Kawhi Leonard. But we also don't know what Kawhi Leonard is, what the future holds for him, right? Is he going to opt out? Is he going to stay? We've discussed that he wants to stay, but we also have to remember that the Warriors are going to get better, right? They, they have, and I know we're going to get this in a little bit, but they're getting play back. You have Steph Curry, Draymond Green, those three guys are still there. So that team is going to be back. I think the Utah Jazz are going to be there also. Again, Donovan Mitchell was not 100% in that series. If he was 100%, this might be a different story for the Utah Jazz also. Um, And then, I mean, the stories that we're hearing about Luka having, wanting another piece next to him, you know, these teams are going to get better. But for the Phoenix Suns, the biggest question is going to be what's going to happen with Chris Paul, right? And if he's going to want to opt in or say stay with the Phoenix Suns, that's going to be the biggest question mark. I still think that the Phoenix Suns need to add another scorer on this team because we saw it that when Devin Booker went cold or he wasn't having a great shooting night, the offense kind of sputtered. And then down the stretch, we we're seeing just iso ball from Devin Booker. So I think they need to add another piece. And then another thing, DeAndre Aiden pretty much disappeared as the series progressed in the NBA finals. I mean, the shots that he was making early on in the playoff series um, he was really leaving short in the NBA Finals. So, um, you know, for me, I, I'm not exactly sure if this Phoenix Suns team is going to be back in the NBA Finals, let alone the Western Conference Finals next year, because there are going to be other teams that are going to be healthy. And like you guys talked about the Lakers, we know what LeBron James is going to try to do. He's going to try to get another superstar on this Lakers team and and make a run for another championship and try to catch Kobe and try to catch Michael Jordan. So, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's kind of what I stand with the Phoenix Suns. But again, as far as this season, when you have a guy like Chris Paul that he goes on any single team, he automatically makes that team better. And we've seen that throughout his career by the winning percentages when he goes to a new team. It, it happens every single year. Yeah. And um, look, I think I think this is this is just so fun. I mean, we, we close the door on one season and right away we are looking ahead <laughs> to next season and, and it's just wide open. And I, I'm just so I'm so excited already for next season. I mean, there's so there's so much to, to kind of resolve and, and work through with all these teams. Um, anything else that you guys want to discuss with this series? Obviously, Milwaukee Bucks take it in six. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the unanimous finals MVP. Anything else you guys have in the tank that you want to discuss for this series specifically? Yeah, I want to want to pose a question to both of you guys. Have, have you heard any discussions about Monty Williams being outcoached by Mike Budenholzer? 
And the reason I'm asking it to you guys, I just want to get your opinions. Mm. I felt like there were several times, in, especially in game six and, and several games before that, where I was always questioning, like, the beginning of the fourth quarter where Monty would always run this rotation where he would always let Devin Booker be the primary scorer. He would be the only starter on the floor with everyone else. And I'm looking at Giannis, Chris, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday on the other side. I'm like, well, why is he – like, I feel like what Munaf was just describing, like, there was a lot of times where I saw – the offense just really being ISO Devin Booker and him having to force up shots. And I couldn't help but notice several times, even though Mikel Bridges was most assisted by Chris Paul and Devin Booker throughout the playoffs, there were a lot of times where Booker got up the floor, or sorry, Bridges got up the floor, Booker was driving, and he would always just try to take it by himself or draw a foul or take a bad shot. And I felt like it was almost like he was – it was very Kobe-esque, to be honest. Like, it was like he felt like he had to jock because there was no one else that he trusted to get a bucket. And I feel like that's on Monty to not put in the right rotation to give him some assistance in critical moments like that. Like, these games were close. And then there would be these moments where you would see these momentum swings of everyone still getting their momentum on the Buck side that I felt like kind of took the wind out of the sails of the Suns a little bit. And then you're having to play catch up with Chris Paul with the final seven to eight minutes of the game. Um, I don't know. There wasn't really discussed much, but it was just something I observed. Yeah, obviously a great series for Mike Budenholzer, I think. And he kind of redeemed himself, starting to play as starters, much bigger minutes. They kind of bought into this identity of being a super tough, big team, imposing with Giannis. And yeah, I mean, I think Monty Williams, obviously we're going to look back on some of the times when Devin Booker sat out, you know, especially in game five, I believe Devin Booker sits out at the beginning of the second quarter, that entire lead gets erased. That will obviously be scrutinized um, as this series moves forward or kind of, you know, we remember this series, I think kind of to echo what Muna said, the Suns could do well to have another guy who can put the ball on the floor and create shots for himself because we saw Devin Booker, basically have to assume the entire load. And, and I think it, we saw Chris Paul kind of maxed out what he could do with a 36 year old physical body. Um, and it was really, this team is at their best when Devin Booker and Chris Paul are creating and the role players are getting busy off of those guys creating, but those guys can't create for themselves when, when Devin Booker and Chris Paul need help, like you just said. So like, you know, when Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder are, are putting the ball on the floor and Deandre Ayton is trying to finish over Giannis, that was kind of where we saw this team get stretched from a roster constraint purposes. I think Dario Saric is obviously a pretty big loss in hindsight, not being able to get a little bit bigger and match the size of the Bucks, as well as just have another guy who's competent in the rotation. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really know enough to say whether Monty got out coached. I think there are some personnel decisions and obviously roster constraints that affected him with injuries, but definitely for the, the positive side of it was, I feel like Mike Budenholzer had a great series and I was kind of glad to see him, get some redemption. Although I've definitely been on the bandwagon of uh, attacking him throughout, throughout the past. I don't know. Munaf, what do you think? I, I think we also have to remember that this was, this was Monty Williams's first. I'm not sure if it was his per, first playoff series, but this is definitely his first time being in the Western conference finals as a head coach and also in the NBA finals. Right. And with, with Mike, uh, with coach Bud, um, He's been in the playoffs this deep, you know, second round, the Western Conference Finals. They, they've had that experience. So I'm not sure he was particularly outcoached. I just think both of these benches were very thin and not so great, right? And I think that if Devin Booker was all on the floor, they probably had to put campaign next to him just to give him another ball handler 
or be that point guard on the floor. So um, I think this was a great learning experience for Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns coaching staff. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say I wouldn't necessarily say that he was out coach. Um, but one thing about Monty Williams is that he's he's just a class class guy. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys yeah. caught it where he went into the uh, Bucks locker room last night after the game was over, fresh off of that loss, and and you know he he congratulated them and thanked them that he made the Phoenix Suns a better team. So I think this was a great thing for Monty Williams. But you know, definitely like you said, Zach, that coach Bud really redeemed himself. But Dan, to answer your question, I don't think that he was out coached. Um, it was just that there was. You know, I, I think the injury to Dario Sarge was, I think it's a, in hindsight, is is a bigger factor now than it was. But again, uh, like I mentioned, I think they still need to get another piece that can, that guy that can get a bucket uh, off the bench for the Phoenix Suns if Chris Paul returns. Yeah, and I also wanted to definitely point out, I mean, the, the Suns were favored coming into the series on the series price. Sure. But once Giannis showed how healthy he was, I think by, as this series kind of started to turn and progress, like the Bucks were, I think, pretty clearly the better team in terms of at least roster construction and like the guys that they put on the floor. I, I would have been, you know, I, I think if the Suns were to come back and win six and seven, obviously it would have been an upset. And we saw last night, kind of like what you alluded to, Dan, you know, Devin Booker basically was trying to put this team on his back and carry them, whereas the Bucks had a ton of bodies. Pat yeah. Connaughton and Bobby Portis playing really well. P.J. Tucker, obviously, you know, a bona fide playoff guy. And then you go put that along with a big three, um, you know, the Bucks definitely their ammo kind of started to stand out as the as the series went along. Um, anything else to, to, to clean up this series? Munaf, you got anything else you want to get up your chest? No, I think that uh, just last thing, I think, you know, Devin Booker has probably solidified him at himself as a as a superstar in this league. You know, yep. it was just a matter of time before he got to be in the playoffs. And we finally got to see on the national stage how great of a player Devin Booker is. So, you know, I think this was a great thing for him also getting into the playoffs and this is going to be a great learning experience for him. And I think it's going to come back better than ever. Um, and then just lastly, I think uh, again, Giannis, uh, I was, you know, being in the James Harden camp when James Harden was in Houston and they had that little feud going, going, I was the biggest hater of Giannis because of his uh, style of play. So I'll be the first to tell you that, you know, he proved me wrong. I think he proved a lot of people wrong with the style of play that he has because he doesn't have a jump shot, but he's a guy that can still attack the basket and he doesn't have fear of getting to the free throw line. Right. And I think I was listening to somebody else this morning saying that, you know, Ben Simmons is a guy that doesn't want the ball in his hand, but Giannis, you know, embraced it. He, he owned the moment and, and he's a, he's an NBA champion now. So congrats again, last uh, to the Milwaukee bucks and, and their entire organization. Yes, sir. And um, yeah, congrats to Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, phenomenal season. And like you said, Munaf, no asterisks whatsoever. They outlasted everybody. Um, a grueling grind of a season for everybody. Don't forget they were playing the beginning of this season, you know, everybody wearing a mask, COVID testing daily. Um, so thank you. Honestly, thank you to the players and, and, the, and the staff for getting through that, which allowed us to have content and enjoy this season. So shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with our favorite playoff moments. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on MLB futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high. Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. 
Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. So think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting, use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. All right, coming back off the break, we're going to get to the Olympics and some offseason stuff here in a little bit, but we do want to do one quick segment, um, and I'll leave it open to you guys. Biggest takeaway, favorite moment, favorite handicapping lesson, favorite bet of the playoffs, what was it? Dan, we'll start it off with you. Before I get into that, has anyone heard from McKee today? Is he doing all right? (laughs) they did not seem they they did not seem good last night in the slack channel him and jeff (laughs) i just want to make sure we we got to put him on a milk carton or something man because this (laughs) dude's been radio silent since the last i saw was he was on twitter and he tweeted three words i hate this so um i offered a hug a a gif i sent to him but i didn't get a response so we might have to send out a uh a search party for at least at least our man uh mckee yeah, that was that oh, was tough. I, I remember him just. I mean, they, they came back, but in the first quarter, he just writes in the in the Slack channel, all lowercase. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So to answer your question, for me, um, you know, I just want to give a shout out to the the SGPN crew overall, man. Like we were, if you're not familiar, uh, we have a relationship with Tally Site and uh, McKee crushed it all season. He was the top overall earner out of like 55 analysts that that contribute to Tally's site. Munaf finished, I think, eighth. I was third. Crazy, just great production. So if you guys want to check in for that next season, you can. Tr- we, that's where we track all of our bets. So just an outstanding performance on the money line, over, under. I'd say overall for the, the finals, though, I kept going back to the well with DeAndre Ayton, man. And I think it was – I noticed that he had this like uh, uh, consistent – when he had an off game uh, scoring, he would go off the following game and same, the same kind of um, frequency happened with his rebounds as well. So every other game I tend to bet if he had an off game, I was hammering his points and rebounds thereafter. And it hit, um, I think one, I want to say eight out of the 10 times that I did it. So um, extremely profitable for me there. But yeah, other than that, man, I was really just, I was playing more money lines than anything. Um, I think that over the course of the playoffs, I don't know. These these spreads were very difficult, and some of these swings in these series were were really unpredictable. You know, to go down two games and then to take four straight by the Bucks just outstanding performance. But uh, yeah, man, I think it was really the player props that really stuck out for me. What what, what were my best bets? Um, another one that I had that I was playing pretty frequently was Chris Middleton over four and a half assists. That one hit quite frequently throughout the playoffs as well. Munaf, how about you? Yeah, I think for me it was uh, the calling the uh, the first round. I guess I upset you could say of Phoenix over the Lakers. Yeah, um, that was funny. That was fun. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously as the season or uh, the series progressed, you know, with the injury to Anthony Davis, it wasn't as glamorous as I wanted it to be. But uh, you know, I, I still got down a good price. It was plus money price, obviously, for the Phoenix Suns to beat the Lakers. I think that was the one moment, and then. Um, you know, as we kind of got deeper into the playoffs, I think this was around the second round, and we were kind of seeing how things were playing out with the injuries and stuff. Um, 
I had posted this on my Twitter was I uh, had the Eastern conference to win the NBA championship. And I think that was another bet that uh, made a lot of sense to me. I thought it would be more heavily juiced, uh, but I, I picked it up or I think around minus one thirty or m- around that number. But um, I think that was another bet that really kind of stood out for me was uh, that bet. Um, and other than that, I did pick up uh, the bucks to win the championship. Uh, after Giannis went down with the injury, they I believe they went they were around plus three thirty at that point. Um, so I think those were the three three ones for me. I didn't have quite as much success on the player props like Dan did, but um, as far as you know, serious bets and future bets, uh, I, I, those were the ones that really were profitable for me. Yeah, and Munaf obviously very humble, but he had a big time season. I mean, all, all season, absolutely killing with the player props and sides. So. Shout out to you, man. That dominant season on the uh, on the betting and on the content. For me, I'm going to start it off, tout it a little bit. Did have the Bucks plus 950 to win the title. Did go. also take him at the beginning of this series, Bucks to lose game one and win the series four to one. Um, so sure. definitely was was happy with those. I think for me, I have a few here that I want to just list off. Um, already said this one, but a 2-0 lead is not is not everything. Uh, I think that's one thing I definitely want to take in the next season's playoffs is now that home crowds are back coming off of COVID, um, you know, the road team. And and I, I like to think of the seven game series, like it's supposed to go seven and you're supposed to be three, three going into that last home game. So, you know, not to overreact to a two lead. And definitely if you like the road team in the series, that could mean waiting for a better number on the series price. Um, I think another thing that I, I mean, I just think, the, the divide between regular season basketball and playoff basketball has never been bigger. Um, and yeah. we saw all regular season, a certain style of play and, and it came down to the playoffs and just so different. This Bucks team that we thought could never do it. I mean, they completely dominated people physically and embraced the style. That's pretty antithetical to, I think the way that I see the game, I, I, I'm a big fan of spacing, shooting automatically, just going small ball. Um, and, I think the Bucks and, and the Lakers last year have shown that that's not, you know, that's not a bona fide truth, at least not yet. Um, and there still are going to be some big teams that can come out and win. And that feeds in my next point, which is that roster construction is not a black and white thing. Like, I, I think, you know, you're going to see differently constructed teams um, have success, you know, even though we thought that like, okay, the Warriors figured out basketball and from now on it's just shooting and small ball. Um, I think, it's time to kind of, for, for me personally, to expand your horizons of what type of teams can have success. And then the last thing is that basically the last 10 plus years have been shaped by LeBron and the Spurs or LeBron and the Warriors. Um, and I think we are kind of moving into the post. And, and I do think that the Lakers probably will win the title next year. We can talk about that a little bit, but I think we're moving towards a new era where anything is possible in the playoffs and, a random team can go win a title, even absent injury. Um, you know, it's no longer just going to be, okay, what team is LeBron on there in the finals and who has the best super team there in the finals. I think we're going to, and that's really exciting for the NBA. Um, I think this, this series was kind of a nice breath of fresh air where it's two just very solid teams that made it through the playoffs and they were nothing crazy. They didn't have LeBron. It wasn't a super team. It was just two very good teams competing and Giannis Antetokounmpo's get Giannis Antetokounmpo gets his first ring um, and Devin Booker has a chance at it. But I think going forward, we're going to see a lot more parity um, because LeBron is, is, is the, you know, the first or second greatest player of all time. And, and it's a rarity to have that guy at his prime, you know, for an era. So I think we're going to move into kind of a more democratic era 
Um, and yeah, just a really, really fun season, really fun playoffs and was glad to see it all go down. Congrats to Milwaukee Bucks again. We're going to kick it over now to Munaf. Munaf had an article on sportsgamblingpodcast.com today talking a little about the Olympics, which start Friday, right, Munaf? Uh, yes, they do. Yeah, Friday. Yeah. So it starts Friday, and that's obviously we'll be talking about that in the NBA Slack channel. If you're not in there, get in there and sg.pn slash Slack. But Moon, if I wanted to kick it to you, um, you know, I haven't done much research on the Olympics yet. Dan, feel free to chime in if you have. But, you know, kind of what are your over what's the overall story for this Olympics? Um, and sure. from a betting perspective, how do we see the United States against some of these challengers after the United States look vulnerable in exhibition play? Yeah, uh, so I guess to kind of kick it off and, and just to kind of give a summary of what's going on, uh, there's obviously there going to be 12 teams in the men's Olympic basketball, uh, I guess you could say tournament for the Olympics. Um, they're evenly distributed into three groups, uh, four teams each, and they're going to play a round-robin style just like any uh, soccer, um, like the soccer tournament, like the Euro Cup, we just saw the World Cup type of style of play. Um, so they're divided into three groups. And I think the format I, uh, people need to understand is that there's going to be eight teams that go to the knockout stage. So it's going to be uh, the top two teams from each um, each group. And then it's going to be two. The next two teams are going to be the best third place finish, whether that's by record or that's going to be by point differential. Um, so quickly um, in group A, where United States is, they're a minus 200 favorite to win that group. So obviously you're not going to put down that much money on the United States to come out of that group. Uh, also in their group is going to be uh, France, the Czech Republic, and Iran. Um, I think the most interesting group for me is that group C. I guess you get quote unquote call them that death group. It's going to be Spain, uh, Slovenia, Argentina, and Japan. So I think those three teams that I just mentioned, Spain, Slovenia, and Argentina, um, I think it's going to be a battle between at least Spain and Slovenia to win that uh, group C. And I can easily see three teams coming out of group C to advance to the knockout stage. And I know we're here to talk about the United States. So for, for the U S we saw how they were kind of struggling in the two exhibition games against uh, Australia and Nigeria losing as a, what I think against Nigeria, they were a 33 and a half point favorite and lost outright. Uh, and I know we kind of discussed that is, is this going to be a concern for Team USA, right? They're in quest of getting their fourth straight uh, gold medal in the Olympics. Um, you don't have the familiar faces that have been on the team, like like LeBron, you know, Kobe, rest in peace, uh, Chris Paul, uh, Carmelo, those type of guys. They're not on this team. It's going to be led by Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, those guys. So um, I guess I wanted to first kind of ask you guys, do you guys think that these two exhibition games or the lack of quote unquote star power is going to be not enough for this USA team? Or do you guys think that they can kind of just flip the switch because they have the best players in the world that they can go out and just win the gold medal? I, I don't think they can just flip, flip the switch to win this tournament. Um, although, you know, I, I mean, I think they can flip the switch if they don't, they're not going to win this tournament, I guess is more what I would like to say. Um, it has to start defensively, right? We saw yeah. them getting just absolutely torn up by, you know, whether it was Nigeria, they, they were scoring the ball very efficiently, hitting a ton of threes and teams that moved the ball on Team USA. The effort wasn't there in the defensive end. It was very passive. And you saw that that's in the modern era of basketball. It's not going to be enough. You can't get stops um, because anybody can score with the three-point shot. Um, as long as they get a tad bit of shooting luck, um, they're going to put points on the board. So 
I think it starts in the defensive end. Um, scoring wise, I mean, I think they'll be fine. I think I've talked about this in the Slack channel a little bit in terms of the roster construction. I think that there's a little bit too much of a focus on star power when you have, we, we've seen, you know, you have stars. I think you have, you know, now on this team, what, seven, eight stars. I mean, there's diminishing returns to each one of those guys. Um, I would like to see a little bit more role players. Very excited to see what Drew Holiday can bring to this team. I think he's definitely going to fill a vital role for them. Yeah. Kind of he Because we saw, I mean, he could shut down Devin Booker. He can go and shut off the number one scorer on one of these international teams. So I think he'll be a big addition and someone who knows how to play without the ball being the third option on his team just coming out of the finals. So I think Drew Holiday will be a big addition. Look for Draymond and Bam to kind of have to set the tone defensively. I think Jeremy Grant, Kelvin Johnson, those are guys who could play a bigger role than expected because when you have KD and Dame on the floor, I mean, what else do you really need scoring-wise, right? Because you can run a Dame-high spread pick and roll every single time. And we've seen in the NBA, that's a lethal offense on its own. Um, and you kind of want to maximize defense and, and shot and shooting outside of that. So I'm looking for some of these role players to step up. I, I think I, I have faith in Team USA, but obviously the confidence has to be wavering a little bit. And we will see what happens when they get punched in the mouth because they surely will in this tournament. How do they kind of respond? You know, how does KD and Dame's leadership kind of hold up to the past areas? Like you said, Kobe Braun, Greg Popovich, obviously he's under a ton of scrutiny as well for the way he's coaching this team and kind of a dark potential dark era for USA basketball if they don't succeed here. So I think they will be okay, but it starts in the defensive end. It starts with guys kind of buying into a role because the star power is there offensively. Yeah, I'll just add ZB. Um, that's a little dark, man. A little, little pessimistic. I feel like, um, <laughs> honestly, the uh, I think the worst, the worst things have happened. I, I think that Popovich said it well. Um, they needed to get chin checked early on to kind of wake them up. And you know, we saw them lose to, they lost to Australia, they lost to Nigeria, but they came back and got a solid win against Spain. Um, I think that they're going to be just fine. And I think it's actually going to get even better because they're going to have uh, exactly what you said with Drew Holiday there. I think that's really going to be a boost for them defensively. But I really think that their detriment was really their style of play. And I think that they'll correct that. Um, they're going to be loaded. And like Zach Levine just got clearance to, to hop on the plane. So their offensive talent between Dame, you know, Durant, Tatum, they're going to be dangerous. And they're just so deep that, you know, I don't see them really losing here, but sure. They might get some shock value, but I think that ultimately they're going to get it. They're going to get it together because this isn't going to be a dark ages of, you know, that Larry Brown, Allen Iverson team that I don't remember who else was on that roster, but it was the, 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 the was it the, the redeem team was after that, but whatever that team yeah. was, was, was hot garbage. Um, they're not this this team that's assembled right now, even though the world got better, I don't think is worse than that team. So um, Greg Popovich at the helm, I think he's done the right things to get them prepared for this moment. I think they, they made some right decisions in getting people like Keldon Johnson some valuable playing time because I, I, I think you're right. These guys that can play multiple positions like Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, that's going to be huge on the international stage. Um, so I'm, I'm actually really excited to see what they pull together with this with this compilation of players. The line value is kind of there on the U.S., right? They, they've kind of gone down in terms of their numbers by a lot since uh, before their exhibition loss. Yeah, and they're still an overwhelming favorite uh, to win the whole thing. Uh, let me quickly pull this up here. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Yeah, they're still minus 320 to win the gold medal. Um, But, you know, do you want to lay that minus 320 price? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's some, a little bit of value there. I think if this was any other team, they would probably be up to maybe, what, minus 500 or minus 1,000. But, um, you know, if you're seeing anything around minus 300 or, you know, sub 300, I don't think you'll find that. But I think there's still some value for USA to go out and win this. Uh, I think one team that you want to do keep an eye out for that might be an exciting team is uh, Nigeria that we talked about. And they are led by uh, Mike Brown as their head coach. And they have some pretty good pieces on this team. They have a lot of NBA talent. You know, Precious, Precious Achua is on this team. Uh, they have a couple of the guys. So I think that's going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, I did put a small bet on Nigeria to win that group uh, B. That's with Australia, Italy, and Germany. Um, at plus 450 so I think I'll be definitely keeping an eye out for that um, but this Australia team also they they have some NBA players led by Joe Ingles Patty Mills uh, they also have Dan's guy Matisse Tybal on this team uh, Dante Exum and Josh Green so uh, that group B is going to be really interesting to watch um, I think the one thing that you are concerned with about uh, Spain is that the average uh, age on this roster is 30 and some of these other teams are fairly young um they do have the gasol brothers the 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 hernan gomez brothers ricky rubio rudy fernandez on this team so they're going to be a fun team to watch um and i did place one bet i get i'll give out one bet um i I did pick spain to win a medal whether that's uh silver or bronze at plus 110 uh they always find a way to get to either the third place game or be in that final uh, final game. Um, there's a lot of depth on this team, like I said, they, and they've really played together with each other year after year, not only in the Olympics, but, you know, the, the FIBA World Cup, uh, the Euro basketball tournament that they have over there in Europe. Um, so I, I think that's one bet that I really do like at plus money for Spain to win um uh win a medal but other than that um you know there is a lot of uh talent on the or a lot of nba talent that's spread across uh this this uh summer olympics on on some of these countries i think the other big one is luca on uh, on slovenia i I think that's going to be fun to watch um but other than that man i think that's pretty much it i think that you know go and just check out my article it's more in depth but um I don't know if you have any guys have anything else to add to the summer Olympics. I, I think it'll be a fun one and it'll be a fun, fun to watch team USA. Yeah. I think France has actually a pretty good squad. Yeah, too. They got, um, Nick Batum, Evan Fournier, Timothy Lawalo Cabarro, Frank yeah. Nicolina, um, and obviously uh, Rudy Gobert. So yeah. there's definitely going to be tons of NBA talent out there, which, you know, I was looking at that USA France game. They got France as 11 and a half point dogs with like a game total of 178. That seems kind of modest, so I think I'm gonna take the over just ge- given the amount of NBA talent on that roster. Um, although that France team is a pretty defensive minded squad, I think everyone I just named minus Evan Fournier is like pretty n- well known for their defense, so yeah. I don't know it's gonna be interesting to see, man. I'm excited to watch it, yeah. For total purposes, it's it's 440, it's four 10 minute quarters, right? Moon up, yes, sir. Correct. Okay, so a little bit, a little bit obviously eight minutes less than an NBA game, so factor that in. Um, did want to say. I definitely uh, agree with Moonaf about Nigeria. I think they are going to be frisky. Obviously, NBA coaching staff with Mike Brown at the helm. So, and a lot of talent on that team. So, I think you had a couple of plays on there that I tailed. Um, but yeah, check out Moonaf's article at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Definitely follow along in the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. Um, yeah, also want to throw out the name Usman Garuba from Spain. He's a, a young guy. He's going to be in the draft this year. 
Um, and he could potentially be uh, someone to keep an eye on for draft props as well. If he could raise his stock currently sitting at over under 16 for his draft position, um, he's going to get a chance to guard some of the best players in the world. So another thing to keep an, an eye on, but with that, let's take a quick break. And then we're going to take our first look at next season. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. So download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the break, and we can go through this a little bit quicker because we've been going for a long show, but a lot, lot, lot to get to here. Um, we're going to take our first look at the 2022 title odds um, and, you know, throw them out there if you guys have anything um, in terms of this title picture. I have said I am going all in. It's going to be Lakers, Nets, KD, LeBron, the narrative, Adam Silver. Scott Foster will find a way to play into it and get us get us the result we need. Um, a KD LeBron finals to send out one one of these guys. Um, so definitely, those are the two top t- teams on the board. Nets at plus three hundred, Lakers at four to one. But any twenty twenty two title odds sticking out to you guys off the cuff? Yeah, I, I think that one bet that I already did get down as far as NBA title was the Warriors at thirteen to one. Um, it is a little intriguing to me that, you know, you are going to get Steph Curry back. Obviously the thing with, uh, Clay Thompson coming off of two big injuries with the ACL and the Achilles are going to be, um, something to watch out for, but they have the draft capital and a tradable player, whether it's Wiseman or Wiggins or both to go out and get another guy on this roster, whether it's a superstar player or whether they want to fill it with, with depth on this team and, when you have guys that have that experience, you know, with Steph Curry, Clay, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, um, I think Jordan Poole might be another guy that's going to be a pivotal guy that comes off the bench for them. Uh, and you obviously have Steve Kerr. So they've been there. They've been battle-tested. Um, you know, I, I'm just under the assumption that they are going to make some type of move to get another player. So before that number of moves, I did grab a 13-1 to on the uh, Golden State Warriors to win the title next year. There you go. I, I will throw out another one that I did like was t- Toronto Raptors at 40 to one. Um, I don't know if there's a better number out there, but I see it. It seems like one. a team that 80 to one. Okay. 80 yeah. to one. Maybe I, I got to get a new book um, <laughs> <laughs> at 80 to one for the Raptors. They're a team that I was obviously very high on all year. Um, could not quit the Raptors. I also, I don't know if you guys saw it through in the Slack channel, a Kobe Altman, Isaac Okoro, uh, second yeah. team, all rookie gift. Um, I'm already bought in on the Cavs, so you know every single time they're a double-digit dog next year, I'll be betting on the Cavs, um, and we'll go, you know, eight and twenty-three or whatever I did this year. But going to be back with the Raptors. I mean, I thought they they made the right call. You know, they kind of fell off late on purpose, fell down, got that number four overall pick, huge win for their franchise. But obviously, a lot of talent on this team, and like I said, I think we're going to see some more parity. So kind of a longer shot, maybe get deep in the playoffs and hedge that out. Um, but yeah, Dan, how about you? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just recency bias, but I, I think the Bucks at eight to one feels pretty good. Um, 
just given the state of the landscape, like the value, like I, I think the Nets obviously are probably the best team if fully healthy, but let's just, I mean, it's not like James Harden is the most reliable in, in the playoffs and Kyrie Irving is, is an enigma and who knows what the hell can happen. So, I, I mean, I think that the Bucks actually have a pretty good chance to get back now. Realistically, I'm probably not going to make a bet on futures until after free agency, because I think that there's a chance that, you know, the Sixers are going to make a they're going to make a move if they decide to. Um, and I think that they have a good chance to get Dame Lillard. Um, I also think that there there is some opportunity for the Warriors to, to Manoff's point to use some of that draft capital and their, you know, between the, their their first round picks as well as trading Wiseman and potentially Andrew Wiggins, if they can figure out to find it find a home for him at this point. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I'm as high on the Warriors only because I got, I, I'm really curious to see how Clay Thompson looks after two serious, very serious injuries. But yeah. ultimately I think that they could still, um, they could still make a splash in free agency to pair knowing that, you know, both of those guys are well into their primes now and it's, it's win now mode. They can't afford to rebuild again. So um, those are two of the teams I'm pretty much watching, but uh yeah, I feel like it's kind of disrespectful to have the Bucks at at eight to one right now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. And and you brought you brought all the off season. Let's get right to it. I think we probably could have started there. I mean, we're going into a major off season. I think obviously Dame kind of centers around Portland right now with potential for Dame Lillard to get moved. We know the Lakers are going to be in on somebody, and we're also kind of shaped by the injuries to Kawhi Leonard and Jamal Murray. You know, two top six or seven teams going into next season with stars out. So. We wanted to, you know, a fun way to talk about the offseason is one bold prediction that we have for this offseason. So, Munaf, we'll start with you. I mean, we're going into kind of a wide open season. Does someone we think might get moved get moved? Is there a surprise name that will get moved? What is your bold prediction for the 2021 offseason? Yeah, I think this one guy's been rumored for a couple seasons now, and he was at the trade deadline. And um, I think it's about time that Bradley Beal is on the move. And I, I, I think that he's either going to end up on the Warriors or probably, which I want to see him move to, is probably the Portland Trailblazers. And I think that that would have to be a wow. package centered around CJ McCollum. Bradley Beal and Dame Lillard together, again, would create another top star power backcourt in the Western Conference alongside like we talked about splash brothers and obviously with lebron um and devin booker if chris paul stays there um yeah i think that you know we, we're starting to hear some you know russell westbrook rumors about you know the la lakers putting a package together for him and if they're going to try to pursue him because they want a veteran point guard um i think one thing for me is that if they do go out and get russell west i think they've already contacted chris paul about coming there and if he's already said no, then they're going to go ahead and make a, a deal for Russell Westbrook because I think that first preference for LeBron James is getting Chris Paul to L.A. with him. So I, I think that's one thing for me. But I think Bradley Beal is going to be that one name for sure. I think that it's going to get moved um, in, in this offseason, if not um, early on in the season. But I just don't see how, why, why he would want to stay there, especially with a brand-new coach and how teams in the Eastern Conference have gotten a lot better. Um, so I think that's one name for me, uh, to keep an eye on in this off season. Dan, how about you? Yeah, I, I agree that Bradley Beal will probably be on the move, man, but I think Daryl Morey is going to find a way to get him to Philly. Um, but I think my bold one, I would say that 
DeMar DeRozan and Mike Conley end up in L.A. I think Bron's wow. relationship with Conley wow. and DeMar DeRozan loving the L.A. lifestyle, always wanted to play there. I think it makes a lot of sense to fill some voids. You know, Dennis Schroeder's going to be out of there. They need a point guard. He can shoot. He's reliable, can run the pick and roll, can play off ball. I think Conley actually would be a pretty decent fit there. Kind of reminded of a poor man, Nick Van Exel, maybe because he's lefty, but I think that's be tight to see him play in L.A. But DeMar DeRozan in an L.A. uniform just makes sense to me. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Palinka's working all kinds of cat magic to make that shit happen. Yeah, I mean, that would that would be crazy. Obviously, the Lakers, they definitely do need to make a move. Um, you know, a lot of discussion surrounding, you know, I, I've seen a lot of Joe Ingles talk. They definitely do one other playmaker, take some of that burden off of LeBron. I will make a prediction that the OKC Thunder cashed in some of their chips um, this offseason and make a trade for a young, a young disgruntled, not, not disgruntled per se, but a young type of star and kind of see what if they can – make a make a little bit of a move forward right i mean they have this massive stash of picks is that a ben simmons is that a brandon ingram is that you know one of these guys in minnesota um is that a Kristaps porzingis i think that okc makes somewhat of a kind of mini move with um with some of their picks and they're going to be involved and obviously kemba walker is someone who is almost assuredly going to be on the move. I mean, don't forget Kemba Walker is sitting on this OKC roster right now. So yeah. I think OKC and obviously with the amount of picks they have, they're likely to be involved in any type of major multi-team deal just because they can help facilitate salary and, and assets. So I think OKC, I mean, I think maybe take a shot with Ben Simmons. I mean, why not, right? Like you have all, you're sitting on all these picks. He has all the talent in the world. Bring him in, small market, no pressure to win see how he looks next to Shea Gilders Alexander. Um, and then, you know, I, I think, you know, you're going to have to cash these in eventually. You can't just keep drafting first round picks forever. So that would be something I would be looking to see. Um, what, what else for this offseason? I mean, I think obviously the Kawhi injury is going to kind of hover over things, but, you know, anything else that you guys have kind of you're looking forward to or thinking about with this offseason? Uh, I think there's going to be – Obviously, there's not like high end free agents, but I think we'll see a lot of trades happening, right? We've already heard that Ben Simmons is going to be probably on the move. Bradley Beal, we just mentioned, um, you know, Damian Lillard on what he wants to do. He says that the reports, we talked about this on the Slack channel, that the reports came out that he's going to request a trade are not true. Um, you know, and again, Dallas is another team with Luca. What are they going to do with Luca? Because We've heard the frustrations. They need to get another star with with um, with Luca. I think Bradley Beal would be a pretty good fit there, also. Um, but you know, a lot of question mark with some of these disgruntled stars, and uh, I think those are some of the storylines that I'm looking for. And we're just kind of waiting for that first domino to kind of fall, whether it's going to be within the next week with the draft coming up and and whatnot. So um, you know, I mean, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And I think another team to maybe keep an eye on is. The Minnesota Timberwolves, like you just mentioned, Zach, is what are they going to do with Carl Anthony Towns uh, and D'Angelo Russell? You have Anthony Edwards as your future piece there, but Carl Anthony Towns has been there for a while. Um, if the right trade comes along, do they blow it up, get more picks, and just hit the full reset mode on, on rebuilding? Um, and then another name uh, or another team is your team, Zach, uh, Denver Nuggets. I mean, they have a lot of assets there. 
are they going to keep Michael Porter Jr.? Or yeah. I think that's a great trade piece for landing another star again, like a Bradley Beal. So um, again, I'm excited for this offseason. I know we could probably sit here and talk about this for like two, three hours, but um, I just kind of we're always kind of waiting for that first domino to fall. Yeah, we'll, we'll obviously have plenty of time to uh, discuss it all and, and summer league and the draft and all that. We're going to have a draft draft props podcast um, and definitely. Yep. Stay alert on the Slack channel in case there's any news. Uh, we beat some Moon up and I beat some Jalen Green line moves to that second overall pick, which is exciting. We'll see how that plays out. But Dan, anything else you're looking forward to this offseason? Yeah, I'm looking to see actually more of the role players movements. So that you know, you got John yeah. Collins, Kelly Oubre, um, Lonzo Ball, you know, Kyle several Kuzma. players that Kyle Kuzma, several, I don't know if I'd really put him into that category. <laughs> Laurie marketing. That's a person I could see the thunder trying to trade for. Cause it's very low risk at this point. Um, yeah. Just curious about some of those guys, Norman Powell, Gary Trent jr. All these guys that could really help contending teams that they land in the right spot. So I'm just really excited for free agency to kick off. Yeah. There's some big names, but I think ultimately those aren't going to be the ones that are really going to be the, the selling points of this offseason. I think it's really going to yeah. be in those value plays. Tim Hardaway Jr., another guy that can certainly help a squad um, uh, in, in, in the postseason. So, yeah, just really excited for the offseason, man. Can't wait to get started on it. Yeah, and, that, and that's, a, that's a great point to kind of close. I mean, how important were guys, you know, guys like Nick Batum and Jay Crowder and P.J. Tucker and Clint Capella and Pat Connaughton. I mean, those were really the guys who arguably swung this title race um, down the stretch and in, in these conference finals and finals. So last thing for tonight's show, as we close it up, as we wrap up the 2020-2021 NBA season, again, credit to Milwaukee Bucks. We are going to go with our top five players in the NBA going into next season very, very interesting. And I'm curious to kind of see where you guys go. Dan, I see you reaching for the pen and paper. Got to get this down into writing. Moon up. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, you go ahead. You can lead it off. All right. So I'm just going to go off the cuff, not trying to be controversial at all. I'm going with Kevin Durant at number one. I'm going with Kawhi Leonard at number two. I'm going with LeBron James at number three. I'm going to go with Luka Doncic at number four. And I'm going to go with the man who just earned it. Giannis Antetokounmpo as my number five. So still kind of obsessed with that ball handling wing prototype. So I have KD at one going into next season. I think he definitely earned that crown, you know, in this, in these playoffs, got guys falling into injury around him, putting up just absolutely epic scoring defensively looked healthy. No reason to doubt him. Kawhi. We will see what that ACL looks like, but I think the level he was playing at prior to that injury kind of going a little bit underrated here. Um, and we've seen guys recover from this partial ACL injury. LeBron James can't drop him lower than third. And then Luca and Giannis rounding out my top five. So the game definitely in great hands. Munaf, where are you going? Top five players in the NBA heading into next season. I, I still got to stay with the King at number one, LeBron. Um, I got KD at two, Giannis at three. Um, I think a guy that we're just forgetting, uh, I'm going to go with the regular season MVP at number four, the Joker. And I'm going to oh. go Luca. Yeah. I'm going to go Luca five. So no Kawhi in the top five. No, nah, fuck Kawhi. He's a little, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Closing off the show, a little spicy from Moonoff. Dan, how about you? 
Man, I'm going to go even spicier. I'm going to go KD <laughs> number one, Luka number two, Giannis number three, Curry number four, and Jokic number five. The king has been dethroned. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Look, I, I, I think that makes a lot movie of was sense. whack. The dude is Did already off to the sunset. No, I didn't watch it. I watched the first five minutes. Honestly, I had, to, I had to turn it off. I was like, oh, I don't need to see this story about LeBron and Akron, Ohio again. I've heard it enough. Um, but yeah, man, I just think we've seen, we've ushered in. This was the, the moment where LeBron's legacy, it's been great, man. It's been a great ride, but this is where he rides off into the sunset. This is a new era of hoops ball. Let's go. Yeah, and look, I mean, I think it, from a, it's completely rational perspective, I think it makes sense. He did not look like a top five player in these playoffs, but, you know, we've seen so much greatness out of him his whole career. It feels like he's invincible. And when it does end, I mean, we're not going to have a warning. So did it end in these playoffs? We do not know yet. I think that's kind of the sneaky main storyline of this offseason, right, is what does LeBron James have in store for us next year um, with, with trying to come back from this. So cannot wait. It's going to be a phenomenal offseason. Again, congrats to the Bucks. Congrats to Giannis. Thank you guys so much for all the support this season. Seriously, could not have done it without you guys uh, listening, Slack channel, reading articles. It's been really, really fun year. Um, and, yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, thank you guys for staying with us. SGPN, best community on the internet, you know, bar none in, in my eyes. So great to uh, interact with all of you. And thanks again for the support. Um, you know, we'll still be around for the Olympics off season, talking about all of it in the Slack channel. So if you're not in there, get in there. It's sg.pn slash Slack articles, including that article that Munaf had some Olympic plays in sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Please check out all the podcasts on the sports gambling podcast network as well. Um, yeah, I mean, just a just phenomenal season and a lot of fun working with you guys as well. So really, really happy and Milwaukee Bucks bring it home. So great season. Dan, where can the people find you on Twitter? Anything else you want to plug for the people? Yeah, I would say download the SGPN app because that's a quicker way yep. to find all yep. of our information. Do that. Um, articles, podcasts, whatever. You can find me on Twitter at, at Dan Titus, at D-A-N-T-I-T-U-S. Going to be pumping some fantasy content as well as you know continuing to talk some olympics as well as nba drafts so really excited for what what's to come for the nba gambling podcast yeah and just hit me up on twitter man i'm available hit me you'll see me in the slack channel doing a whole bunch of things for for the crew so i just want to thank you zb you were you and Munaf have been great um giving me this platform to join you guys and talking hoops it's been amazing one one way more money tailing you guys than following me so i appreciate it and uh, yeah, man, this has been a great season. So really excited to bring it to a close and congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks. And yeah, let's, let's get into the off season. Can't wait to, to talk more about it. Yeah. And you, you will find a, a blue check Mark next to Dan's Twitter. So yeah, you know, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't, don't be surprised. Big <laughs> shot, Dan, he will have a blue check Mark. You know, that, that is him, you know, don't, don't be afraid. Um, Moon off. How about you? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at sports nerd eight, two, four. Um, pumping out articles for SGPN over on the website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Like Zach mentioned, the uh, Olympics um, Olympics article and also working on some uh, football articles also for the website. Um, yeah, just echoing off what Dan said, you know, I, I started on in SGPN just as a guy that was on Slack in the NBA channel, the NFL channel. Um, 
and got on the locker room with McKee and Zach and, you know, and then uh, McKee invited me on to uh, be a co-host of the NBA gambling podcast. And the rest is kind of history. And, you know, I know me and Dan came on kind of midway through the season. So uh, thank you so much, Zach. You've, you've been an amazing co-host this season. Same thing with Dan. Uh, it's been a pleasure really working with you guys. Um, looking forward to the draft off season, like Dan said, and uh, let's get it, man. And uh, last one, last prop bet I'm going to throw out there, LeBron James MVP next season, 11 to one, lock it up. Ooh. yeah no i i definitely like that um, if, if you're still listening you're still listening as well i'll throw out a couple um moon off threw this out exact draft order Cade, jalen and evan mobley also want to throw out there Jaden springer under 22 and a half and chris duarte under 20 and a half we'll start with those but i have a feeling we're gonna be making a lot of money with this draft props uh, i got a good feeling about it so I don't know why I feel like throwing out the bets at the very end of the show. If you're still here, we love you. Hey, gambling podcast. Gambling <laughs> podcast. Exactly. Great show. And uh, let it ride, everybody. Thanks for listening. Ba, 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 basketball, give me, give me.